0: we are now tuning into the Jesus 3 podcast, a platform where we come together to tackle real-life issues with the truth. Jesus overcame the world, and so will you. Here's your host, Chandice. Hey guys, welcome to the Jesus 3 and as you guys already know, I am your host Shandice and it's been a while since I've come on here and shared some of what the Lord has laid on my heart since I've even put up any episodes, but I've been before the Lord and we are going to come back stronger and better than ever before. I appreciate everybody that tuned into the first season, but season two, you're going to have some fantastic things in store. Without further ado, I do want to do this quick bonus episode because what I thought was going to be just one quick topic and post the episode, it's kind of not turning out that way. So um, I'm going to consider this episode some bonus material and you'll see that in the title and episode description. But what I wanted to talk about and what I find a lot of people are struggling with is finding their peace. What do you do when there is no peace? How do you get your peace back? How do you get um, your joy back? What are the hindrances of peace? So I think over a couple of episodes, I don't know how the Lord leads me. We'll get into it. But since this is just some quick bonus content, I wanted to share a couple of verses with you out of the Bible that would start to help you deal with getting your peace back. What can you do to get your peace back? Who robbed you of your peace? Why did you allow them to rob you of your peace? And what does the Bible say concerning that? Alright, so without further ado, our anchor scripture today is going to come from Philippians 4 and 7. Now, this is a very popular scripture. Everybody seems to know this. But I'm going to take the time to go through it, like I said, with different scriptures. So bear with me. So we are going to Philippians 4 and 7. And I'm going to read it from the King James Version. And it says... And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So there's something to be said about the peace of God. And the only way that we can be kept is through Christ Jesus. So Christ dying on Calvary for our sins and our transgressions. Part of that, because he did several things in... Yes, he was born to come and die for our sins and reclaim us from the enemy and the whole story with Adam and Eve we know this but this talks about the peace of God and it can only be acquired through Christ Jesus so we're going to move forward and I'm going to tie this all again so remember I said that was your anchor state your anchor scripture so the next one that we're going to go into is going to be john fourteen twenty seven Again, John 14, 27. And I am going to read this in the Amplified Bible, the Classic Edition. And it reads, Peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give you, Do not let your heart be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. That scripture says a whole mouthful. Because sometimes what happens is when we are being tossed to and fro by life and tragedy and just disappointment and heartbreak, A lot of times, these things compound with one another because it's not just one thing. It's usually another, and it just keeps building up and building up, and we don't have um, healthy things set in place to help us cope. We don't have healthy coping mechanisms to deal with some of the things that we have going on in life. So a lot of us tend to bottle them up, or we just um, don't have solid people or Just anything in place where we can go vent about it or we don't have a solid prayer life where we go and pray about it. Long story short, we end up with all of these things, the weight of the world on our shoulders, and we lose our peace. And what the Bible is saying is, peace I leave with you, it's my own peace. So this is not our peace, this is God's peace. He says, I now give you. Not as the world gives you. So it's not something that can be taken back. God has given this to us freely. And He's saying, I can't, I'm not taking it back. Because the Bible says that we know that these gifts are not or without repentance. So that talks about, you know, spiritual gifts and things like that. But this is also a gift that God has given us. So He's not taking it back. And it says, Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And then it, it says in brackets, stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed and do not permit yourself to be fearful, intimidated, cowardly and unsettled. That's a lot. But like I said, we're going to keep moving forward. So now we're going to jump over to John 16:33. John 16: 33 What version am I reading this in? Uh, Let's go down here. I think I'm going to do it in the King James. King James reads, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye may have peace. In the world ye may have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So again, we have another scripture where God is saying, if you're in me, And you take my peace on you, not your peace, not some peace that you've uh, acquired by doing some things. But take God's peace, which is freely given to us. That you would have peace if you are in God, in Christ Jesus. Because he's saying in the world, in our everyday lives, that we will have tribulation. It is what it is until Jesus comes back. But he's saying... If you keep your mind fixed on him, there's a song that Fred Hammond sings. Keeping my mind fixed on Jesus, that's how you'll find your peace. There's a scripture that says that we are to take every thought and make it captive to Christ Jesus. So that what that means for those that aren't avid Bible readers and not Bible scholars, and it's no shade, no tea, I could be a lot better than what I am myself. But what it means is the thoughts that we have when we call ourselves ugly when we say we're overweight or we're not smart enough or we just think we're inadequate or we don't or we're not deserving of love we're not deserving of a position we have these thoughts because people have placed them on us, or these are just um situations that over time our own mind plays tricks on us. The Bible says we're supposed to take these thoughts captive, so you When you think of the word captive, it's not, you know, significant, you know, sorry, the wrong word. It's not nicely just hold on to it or place it in, you know, like something delicate. It's saying you have to like, you know, back in the days, if your mother yoked you up or something like that, like you got to take manhandle these thoughts and make them come subject to Christ Jesus, because that's the only place that you'll find your peace. How can you find your peace? By reading your word. Something I posted recently that the only, the key to 2020 and this new decade will be coming up in our level of discipline. Something that I've started doing, which I, sh- I started doing in the beginning of this year and kind of fell off, got lazy. I sit every morning and I read from my chronological Bible. Not to say that I don't read throughout the day when on my phone or in passing or whatever when I'm looking up a scripture. But I dedicate time. Before I even put my feet on the floor, before I even get up to brush my teeth and read today's chapter of the Chronological Bible. The only way that you can take these thoughts captive is if you know God's thoughts concerning you. If you know the promises and the covenants that he made concerning his children. Because you are him. If you believe in him, you are him. If you claim that he is your redeemer, that he is your father, that he is your everything, you are in him. But there's no way that you can combat the enemy who walks about as a roaring lion seeking those whom he can devour if you don't have a rebuttal for him. Even when Jesus fasted for 40 days and the enemy came to him on three different occasions during that fast while he was still hungry... He had a rebuttal for him because he knew the word of God. So in seizing these thoughts and making them come captive to Christ Jesus. The only way you can seize them is when you have a rebuttal that's grounded on solid foundation. And I'm not trying to preach to y'all. I'm just telling you this is what, what it is. It's like when you were a kid. When... Back in the days, they used to have your mama jokes. So so one kid would get smart and say, oh, your mama was this, that, and the other. You were either going to cry about it, get up and walk away, or you were going to have a rebuttal for him. That might not be the best of examples, but I'm sure in one way or another, we've all had some situation where we had to have some sort of rebuttal for something or someone. This is what I'm saying. The enemy comes to you and he steals and robs you of your peace. You got to have a rebuttal. You got to have something that is built on firm foundation. Because our own foundation, our own strength ain't ain't there. Some days you'll have fantastic days. Other days you'll be in the valley. And what does the scripture say? That God is, Jesus is the lily of the valley. I'm going to leave that alone. We're going to move to Colossians 3.15. Again, we are going to Colossians three and 15. I'm reading from the King James Version. I should go back. I'm looking at the scriptures that I have highlighted here before that, but I'm going to stick to 3 and 15 right now because we're talking about how to have the peace of God. These are scriptures that talk about the peace of God and how we can use them to combat the enemy who seeks about as a roaring lion to disturb us and rob us of our peace. Because the Bible says that all his job is to kill, steal, and destroy. He's here to kill if he can. And that might be a physical death. That might be a spiritual death. It might be a mental death. Whatever it is, his aim is to kill. It is to rob you of your peace, to steal your joy, to steal your personal effects to steal out of your marriage, to steal your children, whatever he can take from you that's readily accessible to him. He's going to take it if you allow him. And his job is to destroy. So Colossians 3.15 says, and let the peace of God rule in your heart. The scripture says, so a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I love talking about the heart because it's, we have so many scriptures in the Bible that reference the heart. But the scriptures, one of the scriptures says out of the heart flows the abundance of life. So we like to think about our minds and our brains and all of this other stuff, but we also are motivated a lot by what we store up in our hearts. So it's imperative that we take these verses and and meditate on them and store them in our heart. It says, hide them in my heart so I don't sin against you. He says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which he also are called in one body, and be ye thankful. I'll read this in another translation for you. Still amplified. 315. And let the peace, soul harmony which comes from Christ rule. Act as umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling and finality all questions. That arise in your hearts and in the peaceful state to which as members of Christ's one body, we also are called to live. So we're called to live in peace. We're not called to live in turmoil. Yes, we will experience turmoils as being beings on this earth until Jesus comes to take his rightful place, defeat the enemy. Yes, we will have tribulations. I'm not saying that's not going to happen. Whether you are a sinner. I mean, we're all sinners. Whether you're saved or not saved, you're going to have some sort of stuff going on with you. It is what it is. However, as believers in Christ, we're called to have peace. We're called to live in peace. It's the there's a scripture I might not be quoting correctly, but it says that when your ways are pleasing to God, you become pleasing to even your enemies. That's peace. You can pray for peace. Peace is readily available to you as one of the gifts of the Spirit. Peace. It's accessible, but if you don't ask for it, then you'll never get it. So in your prayer time, one of these things, instead of saying, God, give me a house, give me a car, sometimes you can have all of this stuff and not have peace. I watched a video the other day of Gary Vee, and a lot of young people on social media know who Gary Vee is. He talked about how he knew countless billionaires and millionaires that were borderline suicidal, that were just one step away from killing themselves. They have all the money in the world, but they have no peace. And these things are accessible to us freely because God gives them to us. But we don't ask for this. And the Bible says you have not because you ask not. So we don't ask for peace. And then when we ask for it, we don't believe that we received it. To have peace, you have to be an active participant in your quest for peace. Because the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.11 that you must seek peace and pursue it. Same way the enemy walks around as a roaring lion, seeking seeking whom he can devour. 1 Peter 3.11 says that you must seek peace. See the operative word? Seek peace and pursue it. So, all right, you found your peace. You found all these scriptures in the Bible talking about peace. How do you pursue it? What does it mean to pursue it? To pursue something means to actively go after it. You have to be an active participant in acquiring your peace. You have to be an active participant in not allowing people to rob you of your peace. You have to be an active participant in setting peaceful atmospheres for yourself. For preserving your peace. It's cool to turn off your phone, put it on, do not disturb, do whatever you got to do once the people that are most important to you are accounted for. If that will save you and give you time to have peace. Some people are experiencing so much turmoil in their lives that they can't even have peace when they have alone time. The devil is a liar. I realized something going into 2020 that I'm not going into it the same way that I have handled this last decade. I'm not doing it. And I'm very firm in believing either we're going to believe this Bible for real, for real, or we're not going to do it at all. Jesus didn't walk around hoping and wishing that he had peace. Most of the miracles that Jesus performed when he was here for his three and a half years during his ministry, he spoke to a thing and it was established. When God created the world, he spoke to it before he even did anything. You want peace, you got to actively pursue it. You got to speak to that mountain until it be removed. It sounds great when we talk about this mustard seed faith, but the problem is a lot of us don't believe the word of God. It sounds good, but when it comes to application time, we don't apply it. Or we apply it for everybody else. We got a word in the scripture for everybody else, but we don't have a word in the scripture for our own lives. So we just toss to and fro. We got a shout and a holler, and we drooling all over the floor and laying prostrate on the floor. When the pastor gets up and he gives you a feel-good word, but we go home, Hours later, we fighting with our family and we defeated because we don't believe this Bible for real. The Bible says that everything has to come subject. We don't make these things come subject. We only make it come subject when we got our Sunday's best on. Child, when I tell y'all the devil is defeated, this ain't to come down on Nobody. Cause I've had my fair share of stuff going on this year, but I'm telling you that I've decided myself within my own personal study time and discipline that I am putting my foot down because I will have the peace of God. Because that's what God left to me. He left the Holy Spirit, which is a comforter. When you think about your comforter on your bed, you clothe, you wrap yourself up in the winter time of that. I'm wrapping myself up in the Holy Spirit because I will have peace. And everything that is connected to me will have peace. And God's promises that he promised me in this word, in this Bible, I will have. And I will not die until I have it. In the same way that I can boldly come before you guys and say that if you don't have this boldness, it says in Acts that you can pray for boldness. You got to decree and declare. And I know people get tired of hearing that, decree and declare, decree and declare. These fancy church words, decree and declare. But the Bible says... We have to speak life. Anything you feed will live. Anything you starve has to die. It's the same as when you water a plant. You don't water it and it's 90 degrees outside, it's dead. Dead. The devil is a liar, folks. I promised y'all when y'all came onto this podcast that things were going to be different this year. I'm closing out 2019 strong and I encourage you to close it out strong and not just wait for 2020 to start. Your start starts right now. All of these things are freely given unto you. It's our job to go possess the land. The Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. Jesus, help us. If you ain't got nothing else, if you call on the name of Jesus, that's where it's at. Because he is a, tr- he is a help in, in trouble. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And they that run in are safe. You don't have to have nothing else. You don't have to have money. You don't have to have the best of health right now. But if you call on the name of Jesus, all of these things are given unto you. Child, I ain't even get through the rest of my scriptures. But we're going to keep moving. The Bible talks about relinquishing your turmoil to God. we holding on to it like there is value in it. we holding on to it like when Bitcoin first came out. And now it's time to turn your stocks in or whatever that thing is. We don't want to cash out. We don't want to get our money. We don't want our millions because we'd rather hold on to what's comfortable. Sometimes we're comfortable in our pain because it's familiar. But we have to get to a place where we can relinquish our turmoil to God. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Some translations say cares. I chose the word anxiety because anxiety is not of God. He did not give us the spirit of fear. It sounds good. I know. I know. We all heard these scriptures. It sounds good. But when do we make it applicable to our own lives? When do we say God did not give, insert name here, the spirit of fear? God didn't give Shandis the spirit of fear, so I don't know why I'm holding on to it. The devil is a lie because he Goes around and makes us think that we can't change our circumstance, that we can't be healed. We were healed for his by his stripes. He was bruised for our transgressions and iniquities. And we holding on to sickness. God spit on Jesus spit on some mud and put it on somebody's eyes, and he could see again. The woman with the issue of blood. Lord, help us. If any one of us women were bleeding for 12 years, we would have been done dead already. But he said, your faith has made you whole. Her belief made her whole. Man said to the man that was laying there for, Jesus said to the man that was laying there for 38 years, cripple, lame cool and had an excuse for why he was where he was will you be made whole i know i titled this when there's no peace but the truth is if i had a subtopic i would ask all of you when will you be made whole and I don't expect it to happen overnight. I mean, Jesus can do it in the blink of an eye. But for those realistic ones, when are you going to cry out to God and say, God, forgive me for my unbelief. The father whose daughter was dying. Jesus said to him, if you believe it, what happen." That man screamed out, for God, Jesus, forgive me for my unbelief. It's real. We don't believe this word. Child, there's some days that I don't even believe this word. And that's real honest. And it's embarrassing as a woman of God to even say that. But if we could be real, real. I'm talking about real, real. Take the makeup off. Take the eyelashes off. We don't believe that that we believe Jesus can raise people from the dead. But we don't believe that we have the same power as Jesus Christ. We don't. Oh, that was back then. We don't see these kinds of miracles now. That's what, that's Jesus. Jesus did that because he was God. He's the son of God. That's what we say. It's convenient for us to stay in our mess and to be heartbroken and broken individuals. Mentally unstable, poor, with the spirit of poverty on us. That's a whole spirit and that's for a whole nother subject. God ain't told me I had to be broke. He said, I've given you the opportunity to obtain wealth. That's Deuteronomy 8. And I believe 28. Without even looking. We don't see value in ourselves. And I said that's a whole other topic. We're going to get there another day. But we don't believe it's the same Thing over and over again. We don't believe that we can have peace. We don't believe that we don't have to put up with men that just do us wrong. We don't believe that we can forgive those that have done horrible things and go on to live life and have a full life. We rather hold on to the fact that you are a terrible individual and you did something to harm me. As if that makes it any better. As if 25 years later it makes it better. Child, give Jesus your ashes so he can give you some beauty. And I don't mean that in a physical sense. There's no beauty in pain. Let me rephrase that. There's no beauty in holding on to your pain. Again, I'm going to keep going. Sometimes you have to sow into difficult people and difficult situations. James 3.18 says, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. I'm gonna read that again for those in the back that might not have caught that. James 3.18 says, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So what if your spouse cheated on you? I know it sucks. So what if your boss was disrespectful to you? I know it sucks. I'm not high and and with my nose in the air that I don't understand the the things that go on in, in life. But sometimes we have to come to a place of maturity and this maturity only comes by having a mature relationship with God. And a mature relationship actually means to go and talk to him. Have a whole conversation the same way I'm talking to you. And we have to sow seeds of peace into situations, into places, and into people that we don't necessarily feel are deserving of it. That person could have been trash. Could have treated you terribly. Or you see on the corner prostituting herself. Whatever the story. Can you sow peace into it? Something I've been dealing with, and it's a topic I'm going to get to, is unforgiveness. People want to know, how was I able to get past my issues with forgiveness? Because I asked God to do the work in me. Because his grace is sufficient. And nobody knows what grace means. Like, we don't, what is going on? We read this Bible and be like, oh, grace is sufficient. We don't really understand what it's saying to us. Giving it to God was the best choice I could have made. I decided I wanted to be made whole. There was no benefit from holding on to it. Oh, Jesus, help us. Sometimes you gotta sow seeds of peace into people that don't deserve it. The man left you with them kids and don't want to take care of them. Sometimes you gotta sow peace and stop sitting up there talking about how terrible he is to these, uh, to you and how terrible he was as a parent and all of that. Children grow up and they observe these things. So you don't have to say nothing. <coughs> People's actions speak louder than what you could say about them. Don't be a party to this foolishness. They will dig a hole and bury themselves in it. You don't have to. And that goes with every circumstance. Try so in peace. You've been so in discord. You've been sowing unforgiveness, and what has your harvest, what was your what was your reaping of this harvest? What did you get out of it? Did that put more money in your pocket? Did that benefit you at all? No, because you find yourself in the same bitter predicament. So peace unto people that don't necessarily deserve it. See, watch what God does for you. Proverbs 12 and 20 says, deceit is in the heart of those who plot evil, but those who promote peace have joy. And this is what I'm talking about. There's deceit in your heart if you plot evil. The heart is wicked. If I remember correctly from my studies, it's well over 600 verses about the the heart is mentioned well over 600 times in the Bible. The heart is an interesting thing, honey. But you can't reap joy. You can't have peace if you're not willing to promote peace. And I'm not telling you to be a sucker. Sometimes promoting peace will make you look like a punk. True. But I'd rather look like a punk. For the sake of Jesus, and let Him handle whatever it is that has that's disturbing my peace. Then me go and do something crazy, and now I got I I got to pay for it. The devil, you got to be quicker than that. So again, I'm gonna wrap this up because my Bible says. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. I want God's peace over everything else. I'm going to tell my storm to be still. I encourage you to do the same. Because I want the peace of God. I want to see the fullness of God. Because Jesus Christ died that I may have life and that more abundantly. Jesus Christ died that you might have life and that more abundantly. You can't have abundance if you don't got no peace. You're going to have a full life of foolishness and turmoil and heartache if you're not willing to seek and pursue the peace of God. This is my bonus content. Y'all are free to leave your messages. Um, You know how to find me on Instagram. It is at the Jesus number three. I love you all. Stay tuned for what we have in store. We have new guests. We have... We're just going to glorify God this year. And we're going to learn how to move past a lot of this stuff that is hindering us. Because God wants us to be fantastic. To be great. To be all that he desires us to be. And we're not meeting the level that he wants us to be at. Lord help us. I close on this. Lord help our unbelief. Jesus, as I close this podcast... God, I pray that this stirs up the right hearts, that it massages the hearts and it opens up the ears and it takes the scales off of the blind, Lord. Because sometimes we get into a state where we don't even know that this is a vicious cycle. But God, your word declares that he who the sun sets free is free indeed. And I decree and decree a freedom over the children of God. Everyone under the sound of my voice, God, we are going into 2020 Walking into freedom. Every yoke be destroyed. Every bondage and worker spoken over to the children of God. They be destroyed by fiery darts from heaven, God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. God, I touch and agree with my brothers and sisters on this podcast for the more of you. Whatever that might be. As you go through and you search the hearts and you know these hidden prayers, God. I'm believing for miracles and signs and wonders in the lives of the the listeners, Lord. I'm believing for it in my own life, God. Jesus, I know when you do a thing, you do a thing well, Lord. So in the name of the Lord Jesus, we believe that we receive just as your scripture declares. When we pray, God, we know that you are not a man that you can lie did your word's not coming back to us void, Lord. So in the name of the Lord Jesus, I give you honor and I give you glory for all that you've done, all that you're going to do, and we're believing you for the more. Because your word declares, the better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. God, I bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And amen. Thank you for listening and be sure to follow us on social media.